0: Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans teaching today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. I'm glad you're with us. and um, Or whatever day it is for you today is actually December the 20th. And uh, we're in part four of Romans chapter five. uh, But I understand you may be watching this on the YouTube channel at some later uh, date. Uh, Or you may be with us this morning right here live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And if that's you and you are, just give us a Merry Christmas or a thank God and praise God for Jesus, whatever you want to type in there. And uh, we just want to say Merry Christmas. And I pray that God's joy, His joy, the joy of His salvation, would fill your hearts this Christmas. You know, so many people go through the the holiday season, this Christmas season every year, and oppression and depression and much torment and pain and agony. And You know, if we'd really look at Christmas and look at it in the light of what it's really about, oppression would be far from us. Depression wouldn't have any way to, to get a hold of us. If we'd make Christmas about Jesus, then Jesus would make us what we need to be. And oppression and oppression, depression and all the things of that nature won't have any part to do with us no matter what happened years ago in this holiday season because we don't live by that we live by faith so Merry Christmas to you I pray you and your family have a great uh, Christmas holiday together and uh, and, uh, just want to say thank you to all those that pray for us thank you for all those that give financially to this ministry to help us get Expositor Study Bibles into the hands of inmates we just went over 850 something uh, Expositor Study Bibles into the hands Of inmates who request them by letter. For four years, we've been mailing these Bibles. We're up to six a week. And if you want to help us, just go to the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. $33 will get a Bible into the hands of an inmate, and uh, you can help us do that. Just let us know when you donate. This is for Bibles, and we'll get them to the inmates. Six a week, we're mailing. That's quite a chunk of change. $33, it takes a Bible. Add that up, six a week. That's quite a bit. And I want to thank you again for your help. And also those of you who give to Crossway Church, you just give Uh, as a media member. you, you, You don't have a church where you are that preaches the gospel, the message of the cross. And has its main focus on the cross of Christ. Uh, I thank you for your giving. You are helping us also to plan a church in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, we started last month, and next month in January, we'll be there the second weekend every month on the Friday night at seven and Saturday morning at 10. So I thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your giving. And I'm ready to get in the Word. Praise God. He's going to give us daily bread today that we desperately need. In Romans chapter 5... I would be willing to say this morning that you can't just jump in anywhere in chapter 5. If you have a Bible reading program, you have to remember what you read at the very first of chapter 5 that it's justifying faith that gets you grace, whether it's initially for salvation or it's daily for the experience of salvation and the fruits of your righteousness and the expression of Christ in your life. It's always by grace, through faith. Always. And as we saw last week as we roll through that, we have access by faith into this grace. Never forget, in case you're new with us, never forget God's grace is God at work. God doing something. You placed faith one day, if you're born again and on your way to heaven, in Christ and what He did at the cross for your sins and you were given God's grace. He saved you by His grace. What does that mean? That means He saved you by what He did there at Calvary, and He moved inside of you and began to dwell in you, and will continue to work in you, for you, through you, if you keep your faith in that what Christ did there. Not some new faith now. Not some new object of faith. That justifying faith is the only faith that gets you grace. And that's just the Bible. No one can refute that. And those that do twist God's Word and and deliver it out of its righteous context. Because we know Galatians 2.21 teaches that grace only comes through the death of Jesus our faith in the death of Jesus. And righteousness only comes by grace. Therefore, whether it's the status of righteousness initially, we're righteous in Christ because our faith is in what He did for us, or if it's daily, the fruits of righteousness, the fruit of the Holy Spirit daily, can only take place by God working in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. That's called grace if our faith remains in that which justified us. Praise God. So when we move on, we see in verse 3 and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation works patience. And last week we talked about the knowing process, so go back and listen to the past teachings. You can watch every single one of them, all the way from Romans 1 verse 1 way back on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Go, start over, go lesson by lesson. They're all one half hour, half hour teaching sessions with your Bible, pencil, paper. Take notes, ask God to help you and He'll show you mighty things. And verse 4 says, and patience leads to experience. Without patience, there'll not be an experience. We have to have patience to experience the will of God in our lives. Most Christians get hit with turbulence, trials, bad situations, and that's where we turn and walk away. We, we stop trusting God. We, that's where you have to fight the good fight of faith. And it doesn't mean you say no to sin. It doesn't mean you go and do something to get your mind off of it. It means you acknowledge that Christ and His work at Calvary... That faith is what's gonna make you, is what's gonna give you strength to make it through. And through, and look at this, through patience, the experience of God's will in you. Without patience, there is no experience. That's of God, not for His will. The bad experience, the, the flesh we get in, the excuses we make as to why I'm not going through this and I know God's Word says this, but I... I know God's Word says not to do this, but I... And we, and we throw the towel in. We, we throw our faith aside. And we frustrate grace. That word means we set aside. We deny grace, which is what? God working. When our faith, when we throw in the towel and and we won't let faith have its way, when we, when we remove our faith from the cross and just because our lips say it's in the cross doesn't mean it is because it's only with the heart man believes unto righteousness. That means the avenue of righteousness which is the cross every time. Not just to get you in the rest of your life, Christian. The object of your faith is the sacrifice of Christ, praise God. And when that's where it is, there will be patience having her perfect work, as James wrote about, where there is no lack. If we will allow patience to have her perfect work, then there will be no lack. And then we will have the experience, and the experience... Is the only thing that gets us to the point of hope. And if you back up, the Bible says that we we can, if we're standing by faith in this grace, we'll be able to rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And, and this is the process. Because there's only one way to glory, boast in the, glo- in the, in, in the glory of God. And that's to be able to buy faith in Christ what He did at Calvary, knowing that if God went to that length to save me, then He also, along with my faith in His Son, will freely give me all things. That's Romans 8 and 32. Look it up. Write it down. Make a note. It's good stuff. How shall He not with Him? If God spared not His only Son... He didn't spare Him. He gave Him. If God spared not His only Son... But offered Him up for us, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things? But that's with Him, and with Him means our faith in him and what he did there at Calvary. That's what that's the way our that's the way we function with him. And that's the way we experience this process of maturity. That's what it is we're reading about. It's the process of maturity. We can't quit. We can't keep failing the test that the tribulations come. We can't keep walking away and, and going home defeated as a victim. This race we're running that God put us in is a victory march, not a victims march. This is a victory march, a race of victory that we run. And as long as our faith is in what Christ did to give us the victory, we will run in victory even on the bad days. Glory to God. But the process, process is you've got to know. That means you. this is an experiential process. That tribulation that hits you is going to push you into the through the door of, 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 of patience. The question is, will you keep the faith? Will you fight to not to go do something? Will you fight to keep your faith planted in the death of Jesus? For there is your victory. Remember, when people stood and looked at the cross, it looked like Jesus was defeated. But the cross is not, was not the way things re- the way things appear was not the way they were. Jesus defeated the devil in his death when it looked like he was accursed of God, stricken by God. That's what man thought. He was actually defeating the devil, stripping the devil of his power right there on the cross in his death. Hebrews two fourteen, offering offering through the shedding of his blood, the laying down of his life, justification, sanctification wisdom, righteousness, and everything that God has to offer, giving us freely all things if we keep our faith there in that sacrifice. Think about that, how powerful that is. In that very thing that looked like it was defeat and just nothing, and, and how could that be anything? God said, that's my wisdom. In that, I have provided all things. Hallelujah. And He laid that foundation for that sacrifice, that work from the foundation of the world. Praise God. That's good news. So when tribulation comes your way and it appears like God can't do anything in this, yes, He can. He wants to show you His strength can be made perfect in your weakness glory to God, that is good news. And if we will let patience have her perfect work, where by faith in the sacrifice and God's grace working in our, God doing this, God strengthening, encouraging, giving us the joy of our salvation, God doing this. Hallelujah, God doing this because we can't and we'll find patience having her perfect work, and experience coming along. And experience then gives us this hope that there's no one that has a greater hope than people who are in this experience. This experience is what brings the hope. If our faith is in the cross, then God's grace is working and God is working His way doing what He needs to do in our lives for us, by us, to us, and through us in this process right here. This is a maturing process. There is no being conformed in the image of Christ outside of this process. You're not being conformed into the image of Christ on your best day where everything went perfect your way. And there was no tribulation. And everybody smiled at you. Everybody talked good about you. The tribulation is what brings allows patience and then experience, and then hope. Hope in the midst. The great example of this is when the Apostle Paul had the thorn in his flesh, cried out to God three times, Lord, take the thorn from me. Take it from me. Oh God, I need you to take it. And God showed up and said, You know what? My grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Hallelujah. And the Apostle Paul grabbed a hold of that he didn't say, Well, if you don't take it, I'm going to the house, I'm out of this. If, if, you, can't show your, if you can't show me your power, <coughs> excuse me, by, by delivering me from this thorn, then I'm out of here. I'm throwing in the. Ta- God, if you can't do this. I, no, Paul said, If your grace is sufficient and your strength is made perfect in this, what I'm dealing with, then I'm going to glory right here in my tribulation, in my infirmities. I'm going to glory right now in this that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Think about that. You need, I need the power of Christ resting on us. We need, without that, we can't make it. We won't make Every time we're hit with a situation, we'll have the testimony of, I know I should have, but I... I know I shouldn't have, but I... <clears throat> That's, that shouldn't be the testimony of a Christian. We should be maturing. We should be in this process... And we can always live in victory. Watch this now. And hope, verse 5, makes not ashamed. The reason most Christians are ashamed, and they are. If they're not sharing their faith on the job, <coughs> if they're not looking for open doors to share their faith on the job, in the classroom, in the marketplace, if that's not, if that's not the reason they're living... It's to express Christ in in the given truth of His Word and not your denominational theology, the truth of who Christ is and what He did at Calvary. Not trying to get people in your church, trying to get people in the kingdom doing your job as a minister. You've been considered by God a minister of reconciliation given His Word of reconciliation. Glory! That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Read it. He's not called you to get people in your church, in your denomination he's called you to be a minister of what he did that reconciles people preach the cross preach the cross point them to Calvary let God do the rest amen for whatever you're trying to do outside of that that ain't him doing it anyway watch this now and hope makes not ashamed and let me say it again the reason most Christians can't go to work and share Christ can't go to school and share Christ listen they're not going to like this That's why most of them don't like preachers like me. They're ashamed. Oh, they'll change it into something that's not my personality. God took your old personality and rearranged everything when He saved you. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. God gave you a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. The sound mind is in this process. The sound mind is in this pro, the sound mind. Stable, firm mind on Christ. Stayed on God to experience His perfect. In this process, a sound mind. Hallelujah. God's given you the measure of faith, Romans 12, 3, that you won't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And that faith causes us to walk in a place of a sound mind. Hallelujah. And when these things come and we're hit, we're not shaken and, and our minds uh, go haywire. No, we have a sound mind and as long as our faith is in Christ and as long as that's where it's at, no matter what turbulence tribulation comes our way, we're going to find ourselves trusting in Christ in this situation, which always means faith in the cross, or we're not trusting in Christ, we're not trusting in God. A lot of Christians think they're trusting in God because they tell somebody they're trusting God. That don't mean you're trusting God. All kind of religion. People trust, uh, uh, worship tree frogs and think they're trusting God. Our only avenue of trusting God is through our faith in the cross. That's it. You trusted God initially through faith in the cross of what is His Son did, He saved you. And He'll continue that work if that's where your faith remains. And there's not another faith. There's one faith that saves. It's the faith that we live by. Galatians five twenty tells us the, the the life we live now in the flesh we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. That doesn't mean we live by our faith in Christ, although we believe upon Him, and, and, but you can't change the Scriptures. It's the faith of Jesus. He lived by grace through faith. He went first. He's the example by grace through faith. And that's the same grace and faith that we get. A measure of that, the measure of that faith. So you can live a victorious Christian life. You don't have to keep making excuses as to why you shouldn't have or you should have. Or, or you know. And most Christians, I'm going to say it again, because we need to be convicted by the Spirit. If you're a Christian and you're not sharing Christ, you're sharing maybe the most best you can do is share your church. That's not what you should be sharing. You need to be sharing Christ, expressing Christ. He doesn't want people to know about your church. He doesn't want people to know about you. He wants people to know Him. (laughs) if you're sharing Him, oh, they'll ask you where you go to church because you're going to stick out like a sore thumb today talking about Jesus on your job, standing up for what's righteous on your job. You're going to stick out like a sore thumb. I remember when I worked on my secular job, been retired a little over a year, and uh, I was walking by one day these people, and they were talking about gambling at the boats, and one looked at me and said, "Oh, oh, you probably don't, go to the boats, you probably don't gamble. You don't go to the casinos, you don't gamble, do you? I said, no, a Christian doesn't live by chance. Christians live by faith. Amen. When We've always got something to say. We live by faith. We don't put our money in a machine and and, and hope for riches that way. We put our money in the tithe and offerings. Hallelujah. Like God's Word says. We we have faith in God's Word, not faith in a machine. And we trust God, not a machine. We're not after riches in this world. We're after the riches of God's grace and mercy. So watch this now. And hope makes not a shame. But you don't walk in a place of hope unless you're in this process and you make it past tribulation you make it past patience and in, into the experience and hope it's a pro- you don't just walk in hope it's a process when tribulation comes before you can ever make it to the place where you can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God you've got to make sure your faith is in the cross You can't look back at, well, I I teach Sunday school. I've got to look good. No, your faith has not been what you do or have done, but what Christ has done for you and what He will do by grace if you keep your faith in that which justifies Him the right to work in your life now. Your faith in the cross justified God to be able to move in I'm not saying he was unjust, but I'm saying it justified the avenue. The cross is the justifying avenue, the, the legal right, I'm trying to say, for God to be able to move in save you from hell, save you daily from yourself. It took your faith in what he did, God's grace, at Calvary. And God couldn't do that until he saw your faith in that. And that's the same faith we live by today. The faith that saved is the only faith that works. I'm going to say it again. The faith that saves is the only faith that works, the only faith God honors, the only faith God works, gives grace to. You need to know that. So trying to move on here. Verse 5, Romans 5, And hope makes not ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given to us. And you go look it up. Don't just take my word for it. But the word love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. It means to gush forth. It means to pour into. And it's not just a one-time deal. It's a continual outpouring God didn't just, poof, put His love in us. The the way God put His love in us was by God Himself, by the Spirit of God moving into us to make our bodies His living abode. God, the Holy Spirit, who is God, the Holy Ghost, lives inside of us. He's God and He is the God who is love. And He moved inside of us and that's how love is poured into us. Think about that. He moved inside of it. He is love. And the, the way we have a pouring into us, continual flowing of God's love is by us allowing God's grace to continue to flow into us by faith... That works by love. Galatians 5, 6 says faith works by love. It doesn't work by us going to get circumcised. Paul told the Galatians that'll avail you nothing. The the purpose driven, the, the word of faith, the government of 12, the promise keepers, all the programs and events and activities, they don't avail anything because those are what we do. The only thing that avails is faith and that's the faith of Jesus Christ that loved us and gave himself for us. Praise God. That's good news to know. If you're 40, 50 years old, you've been in church all your life and you're just now hearing the truth of God's word, praise God. Don't get mad at the preacher. Don't get mad at God. Well, why didn't God tell me this years ago? I've wasted years. Don't look at it that way. Praise God. You don't have to waste another day. You can leave that old place where the preacher don't know what he don't know. He's just telling good stories, trying to stick a Bible verse on it, get another paycheck, make it to retirement and get a check all his life. And all he's done is get up and and just read the Bible to his people, tell Bible stories without attaching them to the wisdom of God, the power of God, which is the preaching of the cross. Praise God. So look at this. When he says, hope makes not ashamed because The love of God is shed abroad, poured into our continually being poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given to us. The Holy Spirit confirms what I said. By the Holy Spirit who is God and God is love who is given to us and the Holy Spirit keeps that steady flow of grace flowing into our lives if our faith is in the work of Christ at the cross. No other way can grace come. Write it down. Look it up. Galatians 2.21 Think about it. I do not frustrate the grace of God. The word frustrate does not mean agitate and annoy. It means, look it up, it means to set aside or to deny. Paul said, I'm not going to find myself denying setting aside the grace of God because if righteousness comes by the law, that means Christ died in vain. What does that one simple verse tell us? That the grace of God is what brings righteousness into our lives and it happens not by what I do under some law. Law is what I do. Grace is what God did in Christ. And grace and righteousness only comes through the death of Jesus. So I need grace initially to be saved. I need grace every day to shed God's love abroad, keep it gushing forth, keep pouring it into my heart, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in this truth that saved me. All God's works are done in truth. Psalms 33 and 4, praise God. Hallelujah. We need to know that. And so if I keep my faith in the cross, this love is not just something I've got. It's it's like a river. It's gushing into me. And whatever God has gushing into you is flowing out of you. And this prevents us from being ashamed of this gospel. Ashamed of our testimony. It prevents us from being ashamed. Even in tribulation, in being tried by fire, in, in being tried by these tribulations, Jesus said, you're going to have them. But fear not, because I have all already overcome the world and in me you can overcome. Hallelujah. In me that means faith in what he did at Calvary. So think about that. The cross the cross is the it's the supreme proclamation and illustration of God's love. Think about that. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 tell us in this, in here is the love of God. Not that you love God but that he loves you and gave His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So this love that God has shed abroad in our hearts is not our love for Him. Yes, in response, we love Him because He first loved us. And let me say this. I always like to say this. God told us down through the ages that He loved us, that He didn't save us because we did something. He didn't deliver us because we did something to deserve it, but because of His love and kindness, because He loves us, God declared down through the ages that He loved you. And then He showed you in illustration and manifestation at the cross that He loved you. And all who will put their faith there and believe in that sacrificial work of Christ He said, I'll take my love for you and I'll pour it into you, hallelujah. I'll gush it forth in you, continually be a flow of my love into you, hallelujah. And not only that, but I'll flow through you and you can be a testimony, Jesus taught. It's those that have love, this love of mine, those that have this love one to another, that the world will see that and know that they're my disciples. Not because you're in a church or quote Bible verses but because your faith is in that which allows God to give you grace and only by grace can you experience this love that God pours into you? Even in the midst of your trials, You can, even in the midst of tribulation, you can glory and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You can be a witness and a testimony in the worst time of your life if you will let this process work in you. And the Bible says... That it's the love of Christ that constrains us, that holds us steady, that keeps us the course. Not your love for God. The Bible doesn't say that. Thank God we love Him because He first loved us. But our faith must remain in the cross to keep that steady flow of grace where we walk in that love. Think about that. As we walk in that love... And that love was illustrated by Christ being given, giving of Himself for us because He loved us. We walk in that love with our faith in that. If we look at 2 Corinthians, I'd like to read it before I quit today. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, Because the love of God constrains us, Watch this, very important. The love of God constrains us, keeps us steady, keeps us the course. Watch this, because we thus judge, because this is what our judgment is in. Watch this, that if one died for all, then all were dead. What does that point to? The cross. Jesus dying for us because God loved us so much, He gave His Son. And the Son Jesus Christ loved us so much He humbled Himself, became obedient even unto the death on the cross. And the Holy Spirit loves us so much He just keeps pointing us to the cross so that fa- our faith can remain there in that steady gushing forth, pouring out flow of God's grace, God's love can flow into us and through us and we can have love one to another and we can love each other in the midst of anything that's going on but it's all by faith in the cross that works by love. Faith does not work outside of the love of God and that love is what the faith of Jesus Christ is. We live, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, yet I live, but not I. Christ lives in me, and the life I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God, that's good stuff. If your faith is anchored in the cross, you'll throw away all the things that the enemy has tried to get you to believe that your faith is in the cross, but you're also, no, there is no buts, there is no ands. It is a simple, childlike, exclusive faith in the cross. If you'll remember, 50 days after God brought His people miraculously out of Egypt through the blood being placed on the doorpost, they built a golden calf and they said, Come tomorrow and we'll, give, we'll have a feast unto the Lord. We're not going to have a feast under the Lord. We're not going to worship God. We're not going to praise God. We're not going to have a move of God through any event, any process, any programs outside of simple childlike faith in the cross, the sacrificial work, the death, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's what it took to save you. That's what it'll take to keep you in a move of God. Don't be preaching a move of God. Preach the cross and the the God who moves will move. Praise God. I'm out of time. I'm a little bit over. I love you. God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas and I'll see you back in January the 7th at 8.30 a.m. in the morning. See you tomorrow morning at the Galatians teaching at 9 a.m. And we love you. Until next time. Stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you.